Today, it's part one of my favorite scores of all time. It's our first countdown, this time on Frame Tracks. This is exciting. It's our first ever countdown show. Now, to be honest, I usually don't care for countdown shows, but I realized I have a lot of great scores that the format of my podcast just won't allow me to play. Although some of the scores on this list will be familiar to loyal listeners of the show. But these are scores that are not only my favorite to listen to, but also fit their respective films perfectly. There are a few iconic classics in here, as well as some lesser-known scores. I'll have 20 scores, and I'm going to split the show up into two episodes, so not to make them too terribly long. Also, I want you to keep in mind, these are my top 20 favorite scores of all time. That doesn't mean these are, by any means, the greatest scores ever written, although some of them are. And also, if you ask me tomorrow, this list will probably change, and I'm sure your list would be very different. If you would like, send me your list at info at frametracks.com. Okay, let's get started, shall we? Let's start with a classic. We begin in the Old West. Lawless bandits ruled the land. Clint Eastwood plays the man with no name who becomes entangled in a scam in an effort to find buried gold in a remote cemetery. The result is simply one of the greatest Italian spaghetti westerns ever made. Directed by acclaimed Western director Sergio Leone, the pacing and majesty of this film made it an instant classic. Enel Morricone's iconic score is still one of the most recognizable scores to date. Most people who haven't even seen the movie have mimicked the famous theme. So in at number 20, let's get this rolling with the brilliant music from 1966, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly by Eno Morricone.
we move from the Old West to the colonial mountains of upstate New York for our number 19 score. Equally as epic in its pacing and tone as Sergio Leone's masterpiece, this film was a quiet stunner when released in the fall of 1992. Directed by Michael Mann, who was trying to make a name for himself in film after his success with the TV show Miami Vice. The movie follows members of a dying Native American tribe as they struggle to protect their family during the French and Indian War. The Last of the Mohicans is a powerfully moving epic and the marriage between Mann's moody directing and the tone-setting score by Trevor Jones really makes watching this film an experience. The score is so good, I continue to listen to it quite often, even to this day. So at number 19, from Michael Mann's 1992 epic with music by Trevor Jones, here is The Last of the Mohicans.
easily one of the greatest composers to emerge in the last 20 years is the outstanding Michael Giacchino. From Lost to Star Trek to Pixar, Giacchino has blazed his own musical path across the many films which he's been involved in. His unique stylings are apparent in each score he composes. He burst onto the scene in the 2004 Pixar action film, The Incredibles. He wasn't the first choice for the film as the directors wanted established composer John Barry, but they took a chance with Michael after Barry became unavailable and film history was made. So here it is, selections from the 2004 Pixar masterpiece, The Incredibles.
I wouldn't be doing a best of list justice if I didn't include easily one of the most prolific composers of our time, with over 200 scores to his name to date. Sure, a long list of titles doesn't make a composer great, and I'm here to tell you not all of his scores are even very good, but this one is, by far. Hans Zimmer's technique is controversial, and he's a mixed bag when it comes to quality of scores. But when he's great, he's really great. And in 1988, he was really great. When he composed the score to the Tom Cruise, Dustin Hoffman Academy Award winning buddy film, Rain Man. Like Giacchino, Zimmer's unique style took Hollywood and the world by storm, earning him an Oscar nomination that year. Zimmer would go on to become, well, an empire himself. But from his humble beginnings, here are score selections from the 1988 Barry Levinson-directed film Rain Man, composed by Hans Zimmer.
any best of movie scores list must include some Jerry Goldsmith. The only question is how much and which scores. I love me some Jerry and could easily have populated this whole list with his scores, but I wanted to be more diverse, so I'm holding back a bit. However, I couldn't let this one slide. In 1979, Goldsmith reinvigorated the sci-fi genre with Star Trek The Motion Picture. Although the film is slow-paced and not generally liked by fans, it's really a masterpiece in filmmaking, and Goldsmith's epic score is simply one of his best. So, at number 16 on my list, here is Star Trek The Motion Picture, directed by Robert Wise and with music by the legendary Jerry Goldsmith.
The late James Horner was a master at his craft, truly one of the greats whose creative path was tragically cut short by a small plane crash in 2015. Almost any of his wonderful scores could be on this list and I wouldn't have much room to argue. However, I have picked his most popular work to showcase his remarkable talent. James Cameron's 1997 romantic epic Titanic was, for many years, the highest grossing film of all time, and for good reason. Although a tad cliché by today's cynical standards, Titanic is nothing more than a cinematic miracle. It simply could not be made, yet there it is. Everyone involved in the film was at the top of their game, and James Horner was no exception. Playing heavily in his Celtic wheelhouse, which he also explored in his score for Braveheart, Horner's themes are as majestic and epic as the Titanic herself. So, in number 15 on the list, here is James Horner's 1997 masterpiece, Titanic.
Michael Kamen, another late great composer on this list, had a rock and roll background working with some of the greatest rock bands of our time. That enabled him to craft a very unique voice in the film composing world. And what a wonderful voice it was. Never was that voice so eloquently used to tell a story than in Richard Donner's fantastic Lethal Weapon films. The four film series began in 1987 and redefined the buddy cop trope into what we know it today. With just the right mix of action, humor, and grit, the Lethal Weapon films are still a treat to enjoy. And Cayman's unique musical style fit the film perfectly. Here are some selections from Michael Cayman's Lethal Weapon series.
in at lucky number 13 is a wonderful score for a beautiful film by French director Luc Besson. Known best for the films The Fifth Element, Leon the Professional, and La Femme Nikita. When I was growing up, we had HBO, and I was exposed to a great deal of movies in my elementary and high school years, some of which I probably shouldn't have seen at such a young age. Movies like Alien, First Blood, and Wolfen. I was also exposed to many movies that I normally would not seek out to watch, like many Academy-nominated films and even foreign films. In 1988, I fell in love with Luc Besson's story about a free diver named Jacques and his escapades with his friend Enzo. What I didn't know, however, is that I was watching a heavily edited and altered version of the film. So this movie, when released overseas, was around 160 minutes or so. When the movie was being prepped for the US release, Studio executives, who were as stupid then as they are today, decided to alter it greatly. They did three things. First, they edited the film down to under two hours, removing much of the relationship between Jacques and his girlfriend. Second, they tacked on an awful happy ending that really didn't make any sense. And third, they stripped away the score by Eric Serra and added a new one by Rocky composer Bill Conti. It was many years later when I finally saw the movie in its entirety on home video that I realized the difference. The longer cut is a masterpiece about love and this man's attempt to balance his two loves, the ocean and his partner. Tragically, he is unsuccessful. The American version is an interesting film about a free diver and his slightly annoying girlfriend, who he abandons in the end. Kind of different, right? Now, Bassan's longtime composer, Eric Serra, composed a beautiful, complex, and layered score for the longer version, while Conti's take was more personal and intimate. And while I like and respect Serra's score, it was Conti's that I saw first and fell in love with after multiple HBO viewings that summer. And it is Conti's that is on my list of favorite scores of all time. But for fun, let's listen to a bit of Eric Serra's opening theme to the longer formatted film, The Big Blue.
Not bad, right? It actually is a fantastic score, but as I said, Conti's holds a special place in my heart. So, from the Americanized or bastardized version of The Big Blue, here is Bill Conti's score.
We've already discussed how wonderful James Horner is, and to prove it, he appears three times on this top 20 list. His second showing is another epic disaster film, but this time from director Ron Howard, and this time set in deep space. After the remarkable success of Landing on the Moon in 1969, NASA felt it could do no wrong. But the universe had other plans. Two missions later, they were faced with a tragedy that would rock them to their core. After an explosion on board the capsule, the three astronauts were faced with certain death. But the support team of engineers and other astronauts fought to save the crew of unlucky Apollo 13. Horner once again brought all his talents to the Academy Award-nominated score. Using the vocal talents of Annie Lennox, Horner composed powerful themes for the action and the emotion. It's one of his best efforts, and it has earned a number 12 spot on my list of favorite scores. Here is James Horner's Apollo 13.
Alan Silvestri has had quite the successful career, lately playing in the Marvel's Avengers universe. But back in his humble beginnings, it was all about the future and getting back to it. Robert Zemeckis' groundbreaking blockbuster destroyed the box office when released in 1985, mainly by toying with what we had come to expect from the time-traveling concept. Silvestri's unique sound for the film helped brand it as fresh and original and helped it become a smash blockbuster. From the spectacular 1985 Robert Zemeckis film Back to the Future, here is my number 11 pick. This is going to take us to the end of part one of this two-part exploration into my favorite film scores of all time. For comments and questions, please visit the site at frametracks.com or email me at info at frametracks.com. That's F-R-A-M-E-T-R-A-X. If you like what you hear, please purchase the music to support these wonderful artists and releases so we can enjoy them in the future. Also, make sure to look up part two of this top 20 favorite films list, where I'll count down the final 10 films. Now, back to the future. <laughs> 